everybody. Welcome back to the Home Health Chronicles podcast. Uh, this episode, we're going to kind of focus on being a new grad therapist in home health and how how that experience has been for a couple people and discussing a bunch of questions regarding new grad and home health because I get that question a lot for, do you recommend it? Can I do it? What should I do to prepare myself? So I do have Alyssa and Ellen here who will kind of introduce themselves. They both went into home health as new grads. So if y'all want to say hello, thank you for joining me. Of course, my name is Alyssa. I'm actually an occupational therapist in Jersey, and I have been a home health therapist for the last three and a half years. And yes, I did start as a new grad, fresh out of school. Nice. And this is Ellen. Yeah, I graduated in 2020. I started home health, obviously, right away. And so I'm going on four years in September. I work in the St. Louis area. Perfect. So you went in then right in the pandemic. Yes, graduated right when COVID started. Um, Actually, my last clinical got stopped early. I was in the hospital and it got stopped early. And yeah, and then we just went virtual after that. Oh, jeez. That just sounds like an absolute nightmare. (laughs) Um, I cannot imagine. So I've got kind of a few questions that were sent in regarding experiences in starting home health as a new grad. So what did either of you do a clinical in home health as a student? So I did not do a clinical as a student. I actually went into ortho and rehab because initially I did not want to do home health at all. I was an ortho I wanted to do ortho. I wanted to be a CHP mm-hmm. and I was going to be a hand therapist. I went into it. Oh. I'm like, that's not for me. <laughs> and then, so no, I have no, I had no experience with home health in any way, shape or form prior to starting as a new grad. Okay. I think that's kind of common. It seems like it. I don't know many people who have had home health rotations in school. I, I've heard of a couple and it seems to be a little more common now, but mm-hmm. I mean, and as it should be, it's definitely one of the uh, bigger domains, but definitely didn't do it back in uh, school. And I don't know any of my colleagues who have either. Okay. Um, I actually did do a home health clinical um, oh, okay. I was lucky enough. It ended up being a time where I met most of my requirements for clinicals. And I knew I wanted to finish with like a inpatient one for my final one. And so I was just kind of doing something out there. We had it as an option and I thought, oh, I'll try it. So that ended up being my final like full clinical um, because my last one got um, discontinued because of COVID. So I got to finish the home health one. And um, I loved it. Um, I had some restrictions as a student. I don't know if that's the same for all like home health clinicals being offered, but I didn't really get to document too much as I did with other clinicals. I basically just wrote soap notes to my CI based on the visit. She had to do all the documentation, something with HIPAA. I didn't really have access to any of the documentation system, but that definitely helped my confidence now, like going into homes 
Like I'm like, eh, <laughs> I, I did it with a person You've for seven weeks. Yes. So I was very lucky. It was a really nice experience. Yeah. We had, they actually, um, my job asked me if I would take a student and I said, okay, well, are you going to account for how many extra hours that's going to add to my days and either reduce my productivity or add, you know, where I can put in extra paid time. And like, no, <laughs> well, then no, because it, I mean, I don't know, maybe it gets better depending on the student, but it seems like it just would be so much work. Cause I'm not the one that would just be like, Oh, just watch everything I'm doing. I'd be wanting to teach and talk about things that we're doing and then have you trying things oh yeah for documenting sure documenting and then calling patients and scheduling eventually and so and you the student wouldn't be able to ride in my car which is another thing I'm like well then how are you how are That's... you discussing discussing patients in your day I guess on our drives we could call each other but and I was like home health is so I don't know how it worked with your schedule when you did it as a clinical but I'm like, my schedule is like, I'm very go, 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 go. I want to get, you know, I leave the house and I don't stop until I get home unless I'm, you know, or if I want to grab a drink or, or grab some food or go to the bathroom. Like, I don't want to have to drag somebody. Right. You don't want to add like, more, <laughs> a lot. You don't want to add a lot to your day. It's a lot of extra time and work. And if yeah. you want to really you know, nourish the new student clinician to do it right, it's a lot of time. Yeah, I completely agree. As a student, I was very self-conscious of that. I was trying not to like have to stop for my CI and she was very go-go too. Oh my gosh. Yeah, she started her day at like 8 a.m. every day. Kudos to her. I don't know how she found those people all the time because she had she had um, kids in high school so she had to be you know at their school to pick them up at three o'clock sometimes we were running behind and I'd have to go with her to go pick up her kids um so with <laughs> oh, her lifestyle goodness. like she yeah she had a time crunch <laughs> oh yeah. wow see me I'm like I'll start at 10 or 8 or I'll finish at 2 or I'll finish at 4 and then I'm dot I spend most of my time documenting at home between like 2 to five mm -hmm. and I'm like is, it, is the student supposed to come home with me <laughs> right exactly <laughs> and document are they supposed to watch me document you know or do I have them do it I don't right. I feel like it's different in like a hospital or a rehab setting that oh completely different you're mm -hmm. you're in the facility yeah. they're next to you they're watching over yeah. your shoulder and you're all in one building when yeah. you're traveling multiple buildings, trying to explain things and trying to move and go and get to the place, account for traffic and timing. It's just too much going on. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like a nightmare. And it was 12 weeks. And I was like, I can't do that yep. for three months. Like maybe if it was <laughs> wow. a month or like a six weeker. Right. We could talk about it, but 12 weeks. And then I'm like, you're sure you want me as your CI? Because I, <laughs> I don't like hold back with... <laughs> you know, how things should be done and how they are actually nope. done. As you should. So, <laughs> you got to be but... real with them. You got to you gotta show them how it is if you're going to yes. have someone there with you. Yeah, that's true. But so when y'all started and found your jobs, your home health jobs, were you mentored 
at all or when you were interviewed and they say oh you'll get a mentorship program or you'll get orientation was it how they presented it to you or was it better was it worse what kind of mentorship did you get or training as a new grad in your experience in your job so for me I ended up we had a all around orientation new grads not new grads, seasoned clinicians for a couple days, show us the EMR online because it was COVID and trying to figure that out. That was fun. And then for the, we did have mentorship, which it seemed like it was going to be better than it was. I am still very grateful that I had a mentor because I think without him, I definitely would have fallen apart <laughs> just because yes. starting as a new grad, never been home health before during 2020. I was just like, I don't know what's going on. And so it, it was helpful. It seemed like it was going to be a little more hands-on, a little more in-person than it was. Um, I think he came with me twice to a patient's house. And while that is helpful, and the phone calls were very helpful just to have someone to bounce ideas off of, of to make sure I'm doing things properly, making sure I'm documenting correctly, that was all helpful. But I just felt like I needed more as a new grad in home health. I felt like I needed someone more with me, at least in the very beginning, especially since I hadn't had any experience. But I guess some of that also is the times with COVID 2020, we weren't sure what was going on. So right. could be different because of that. But it seems to me from what I hear of my old job, it's not, it's still pretty similar like that. Yeah. And then for me, I wouldn't say we had any type of like formal mentorship. I even asked that in my interview. And that's not to say it's not offered at like other companies, like a formal one, but we just didn't have one. But they did have a really good like orientation program and training. I was really blessed with that in the beginning. Like I never felt uncomfortable like transitioning away from having someone with me. So the first like two weeks they had um, really good training with like other PTs. So I didn't really have anyone that I was like formally sitting down with so many hours a day or for like so long. It was just like, hey, mm. we're here. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have any questions? They would reach out period periodically too and check in with me. Um, I think that was one thing that's kind of like scary being like a new grad. Not only, you know, are you someone coming into home health as like new to like the setting, we're also new to the profession period. So right. mm -hmm. it was pretty like intimidating. You're alone, which is like great and also kind of scary at the same part um, and the same point. But, you know, have, I was blessed also with like really good PTA that was matched within my territory and she was amazing. Um, so just like reading her visit notes and we get sent back corrections a lot. So that really helped like my documentation because that's something too, like learning patient care, but also like documentation. Because you know, doc skilled care documentation is a big, big thing in home oh, health. Yeah. So that was something <laughs> I had to really learn. Yeah. Yeah. That's one thing to say a good point on reading notes. I love reading other clinicians' notes, and you can do it. I don't, we use home care home base, and you can read anybody's notes. And that's how I learned a lot when I started. I wasn't a new grad starting, I went in at four years of SNF experience, but it's still, even then, I 
if I didn't have the mentorship program that I was given, I probably would have quit because even with it, I was with a preceptor for like four weeks every day right. training with yeah. them. And if I didn't have that, if it was just like a two day thing, which seems to be kind of the norm of, oh, you go, go out with the clinician. Cause that's what happens. They send um, new hires to me to train with me. And I'm like, I'm not trained in anything. You know, I'm just, I get told the day, the night before, Hey, can this person go follow you for the day they're starting? Right. And you're right. like, Oh, okay, sure. Um, let me get their number and I'll tell them where to meet me <laughs> right. at nine tomorrow. And they'll follow me to like three or four or five visits. And I'll do, I do my best. Cause I know how it was like of mm -hmm. really trying to explain everything. And I tell them, I'm like, the one difference I could think with being new grad and not, and having experience, like I'm not trying to teach you how to be a PT. Like mm -hmm. you know how to be a PT. I'm trying to teach you how to deal with home health because it's such a different, it's just such a different beast with the documentation system. And I remember being like, I have to call the doctor. Yes. What? Like That's the doctor's not just here in the building that I can go. I'm having to call him. I'm I having actually... to call 911, you know, I'm having to call fam, like call all these people and, you know, I, I guess I'm a millennial. I don't know. I don't like calling people. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like being on the phone at all. So that I was like, I don't want to call the doctor. The doctor doesn't want to hear from me. So <laughs> it's all those different kind of intricacies that go on with home health that you need to learn. And the only way to learn it is being with somebody that's been doing it mm -hmm. right absolutely or being actually... on the job like being in visits and seeing what happens and doing that in one or two days is not I don't think that's enough because you don't see enough in one or two days because right. you could have a great day where everything goes right but that's not realistic mm -hmm. you know what do you what happens when you go in you're like oh their blood pressure is 180 over 100 yes. you know Always or a fun time. They're not feeling well, or you know, this, that, or the other. So you kind of learn that by experience, and I think that's where it's hard being a new grad is you don't have that experience, and you're right. having to kind of figure that out. So having somebody that's a coworker or a mentor, somebody that's you can call or in the office, or like, oh, the office, call us, we're there, but. They're not always right. <laughs> you know, like, oh, we're in a meeting, or you know, your mentor is with a patient. Right. And in home health, you need an answer when you're in the home. Like you need an answer right then, and so you've got to be able to make that clinical decision. Mm -hmm. The quick decision. Quick. Yes. You need to be able to make that decision. Like, am I calling nine one one? Like, do I need to? Is this an emergency? Is this something that can be monitored? Am I just calling the doctor and letting them know? So. Did Absolutely. you feel like that was like, how did you deal with that as a new grad with not getting, I mean, you had one, you had a, a clinical in it, so that may have helped a lot, but going in it without anything, was that scary? Was that something that you kind of just like, how'd you feel? So for, for me, I, it was very scary. I'd be like, oh my gosh, what do I do? I had actually had a patient, he, I went to go say hi to him and gibberish came out. 
he was yeah. he and he looked confused he was like oh like what's that and I was looking at his wife and I'm like and I, I'd say his name like can you how are you feeling and, and it would come out gibberish again I'm like great and it was six months into a new grad being a new grad this was my first like big emergency I even remember the date March 17th to 2021 <laughs> awful <laughs> yep. um and just I, I I'll, I'll be honest I panicked but in a professional way I was like I'm gonna go call on my supervisor and I will be right back uh right. just sit tight and so that that is one time I, I will say my mentor really did help me and guide me a lot and so it was very helpful to have a specific person to call and like he knew when I called it was an emergency so even if he was with the patient he, he would put the patient have him sit down and he would answer my call that's and nice walk yeah. me through it so because I only called if I needed him that second if it was if it could wait I would text him so I called him he's like okay do like your strokes sign do his vitals and go from there and so we ended up calling the nurse at the facility not the facility it was like a, um a gated community that had a nurse on site and so oh. she came in I took vitals and we ended up calling 911 and it, it was just it was scary to navigate alone right. and like and the kind of like you said with the walking around with them for a couple of weeks actually at my current job I my current job I'm having a preceptor take me around I've been with her for the last six weeks and she's taking me to every visit and just seeing how she uh, gets all these situations and how she gets the challenges right she gets so, so easy she does it like seamlessly and it's just good to see that oh she did it so calmly and so professionally and so nicely and like oh that's how you go about that situation great right now I know so but I think even that's so mm -hmm. even so that family when you were there and you're panicking on the inside you're still helping them, you know, Absolutely. and they see it that way. And now it's like, after you've had experience, you might've walked, you, that would be something that doesn't even phase you anymore. Correct. You know, like, oh, yes. like something's going on. You can't get it. There's no one for you to take to the ER to get evaluated. Right. I'm just calling, I'm calling 911. They're mm -hmm. going to come check you out. You can decline to go if not, but you need to go to the hospital. Right. And done. And then there you go. <laughs> Exactly. But that's a scary thing to do for the first time. Mm -hmm. it, it is. Definitely. <laughs> I was like, I, I've never done, I've never called 911 before. Yeah. But like you said, you, I, you, you maintain that professional composure <laughs> on the outside and it's like, it's okay. We're going to get this situated. <laughs> he went to the hospital. Thankfully he was okay. But yeah. you're right. The wife was like, thank God you were here and mm -hmm. you were able to keep us calm. And so the nurse, I'm like, that's my job. I'm here to, you know, help. It's okay. Yeah. So it, it is very rewarding. Yes. For sure. Um, do you do you guys feel like you've lost any skills that you may have learned in school, like manual therapy skills or acute skills, anything like that being in home health? I feel like home health has such a stigma on it of you're not a good clinician if you're in home health or at least in physical therapy. You know, there's, oh, we're outpatient therapists. We have all these manual skills <laughs> and all this knowledge and home health. You know, people don't, I think people see home health as not like a difficult or setting to be in where you need a lot of education and knowledge. I don't know. That's just no, me. I understand. But... No, well, I mean, I definitely think there's a stigma around, um, home health in that way in my opinion I feel like 
uh, home health is harder than all of those other things. And, and I agree. certain degrees, like it's just different situations, different uh, people you're walking, you don't even know what you're walking into, at least an outpatient, you know, that's your area, they're walking into your space and you have control of everything. Um, but I do, I will agree. I think I have lost some of the outpatient skills. I mean, I, when I was an outpatient, yeah. I did, um, you know, like the manual therapies, the Easton ultrasound, obviously can't have that in the car. Last I checked at least. <laughs> and Not so, ultrasound, but. Well, I, was, I don't, I don't want all of the Easton. Yeah. But like, I can't have all these fancy big machines sometimes. Right. So, but I mean, I definitely, I definitely lost some of the outpatient acute care knowledge but in my opinion I'm very content with the knowledge I have in home health and I feel like I we try, I try to break the stigma of home health therapy like it's not as easy it's not the easy therapist the easy therapy I promise you you try right. it one day you'll find it out right <laughs> yeah to add to that I completely agree that was besides being alone my other biggest concern starting as a new grad in home health was like losing all those skills because like mm-hmm. I just graduated it was still like pretty fresh in my head and then here I go into home health where I probably won't be using this stuff so I was really worried about that I keep this like comprehensive binder in the back of my car that I have like every like single area, like outpatient, um, like ortho, neuro, cardiopalm. Um, so I like have that stuff available. I actually do use some like shoulder special tests um, for mm-hmm. patients that might have like strained their like shoulder or arm like falling. So I do use some special tests occasionally. Um, yeah. And honestly, like the, a lot of the exam that we do is the same as outpatient. Like we're still checking range of motion, MMT, balance test, gait. They just might be different. And we're looking more at like function in their home environment versus some other things. So there's commonalities, but I definitely say there's just so much more awareness of um, chronic and acute like medical conditions that we're looking at on top of all these things that um, make, add to the add to the fun. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. There's definitely so much that goes into it. Yes. We don't use, I don't use my manual skills as much. I probably couldn't go work an outpatient right now. I'd probably have to take a few CEUs and, but I don't, with the way the outpatient world looks, I don't want to go there. Mm -hmm. I don't want to take a $20,000 pay cut either. Right. Exactly. (laughs) $25,000. Um, So what made you guys want to go into home health? Because I don't feel like it's marketed that well. It's not, it doesn't seem like it's a well-talked about setting. I know in PT PT school for me, we had one professor that worked in home health and he came in like one time for a lab and showed videos he took in the home of doing uh, treatment sessions and showing like, oh, you can do all these great things in home health. But that was one time for maybe 30 minutes. And that that was like it. Right. So where where did you kind of either so, learn about home health or want to so, go into it? Yeah. So for me, I mean, I will be honest. In school, we never talked about home health. I pretty much ever, I'll be honest. And then the kind of first time I heard about it was when I was Obviously, of course, I knew it was there, but just not really, like you said, not really mentioned often. I heard about it in when I had my rotation in rehab. So I'm like, oh, they're going to go, they're going to uh, pass up to home health. 
they're gonna go to they're gonna have home health therapy I'm like all right I, I don't really know what they do there but okay great but right. I so I, I graduated um, I was looking for work of course COVID hit and I hadn't started working up until September of 2020 and it was just one of those things I'm like you know what I think I'm gonna I think I'm gonna try home health we'll see how it goes and then one of my fellow colleagues one of my friends she was like Oh, how about I uh, refer you to my job? It's home health. It's I really enjoy working there, and it's a lot very flexible. Just you know, try it out. I'm like, oh, okay, fine. <laughs> <laughs> so and I, you I realize always, it's the best setting. It is. I I swore. You can ask my family and friends. I swore I would never do peds and I would never do home health. Oh, where am too. I? Never yeah, ever. exactly. I would say it's just like you. I, I stand pretty firm on the peas part still. Me too. <laughs> but I went into it, and I mean, of course, the first six months, really hard, really tough, trying to figure everything out, scheduling, efficiency, documentation. Um, and then I don't, I don't know what was the switch, but I just, I connected with so many people, and, you know, you found the love of home health and why people actually do really enjoy it. And you just feel like you make a true difference because you're working in their environment. It's yeah. not a guessing game. Like in rehab, like, so how tall is your bed at home about? <laughs> and then they're like, I don't know. It's so, always a lie. They don't know. They have no idea. They it's don't. All, it's not right. But you can't replicate it. In, in their defense, do we really think about that? If you not ask me before I became a therapist, how tall is your bed? How low is your couch? How tall is your chair? I would have no idea. I still don't even know. I was just going to say, maybe I don't really know like, either. Do I have a railing on the stairs? I don't know. Maybe. Exactly. Like one? <laughs> so I love being functionally in their space, working with what they have and where they're living. And it's just, I don't know. I, I fell in love with home health. I don't think I do anything else, personally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, I completely agree with that. I couldn't see myself doing anything different. Having the clinical in home health definitely um, skewed my uh, loving for it. Absolutely. I didn't. I really didn't think it would be my first job out of school. I did tell myself, oh, I could see myself doing this down the line. So when I graduated, I applied for like two jobs at once, and or I at least had two interviews at once. And the first one was a hospital, like outpatient. And then I would be kind of floating with inpatient, or at least I, I requested to do that because I, I wanted to kind of see, see it all, all at once. And so I ended up not getting that job and I got my home health job. And I was like, I guess we're doing this. We're starting out. Okay. <laughs> um, and I love it. I, I feel like it's an ideal job if you have kids. I don't personally have kids. So I'm like, oh, am I in it too early? We'll see. But uh, I do love the flexibility of it and the time. I knew I wanted to work with like like the geriatric population. And that's honestly, you know, the majority of the population we see. I also didn't want to work weekends. So that was a big part of it. I'm um, doing home health. So I definitely would say having like the clinical, um, the population of geriatrics and the flexibility of the schedule is um, why I wanted to do home health. And honestly, okay. like the one-on-one, like the one-on-one with patients. Mm-hmm. Yes. Like I, I just got told today, they're like, I love that you like to do this like in the home I don't want to they're like I told them I don't want to go out like can I have it in the home so thank you they're like thank you for being here yes now I will say nurses and PTs work the weekends I was gonna say in my job they do too yeah. So oh yeah I will say nurses do yeah the weekends 
PTs, like we, they rotate yes. weekends on call for orthos and other patients. Um, I think PTs on the weekends should be pretty much just orthos. When I had to work the weekends, it was right. I'm like, why are you sending me this person that it's not a priority? They could easily wait until Monday. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, why am I driving all like hours? Cause you're seeing the entire territory of the company. Right. You know? And so I get it for the ortho. Otherwise, and possibly stroke. But besides those two, I I think we can wait till Monday. Yeah. I'm like, I had to go into a memory care facility once on the weekend, and I've never been so upset in my life. Oh, I know. For admission. I was like, are you kidding me? Like, just tell the doctor (laughs) we're coming on Monday. Right. (laughs) It'll be fine. Um, Yeah. Okay. What do y'all have any? kind of crazy stories as either new grad I know you had the one kind of six months in with calling having to call 911 but anything that's like yeah I had one two days after that that I remember yeah (laughs) I walked into a patient's house he we had an appointment he didn't cancel on me finally I'm like great he didn't cancel for the first time in two weeks I come in, he has two bottles of whiskey empty on the table. He's like, I haven't been able to move in two days because oh. I drank a bunch and I can't get up. I'm like, lovely. I'm like, did you call your daughter? Did you call your aide? Did you, like, what's going on? Why are you still here? He's like, right. I'm not going to the hospital. I refuse. I'm like, okay, but we need to get you up. We need to change you. And because he was soaked in you know, urine right. and feces, and like, this right. is fun. Hasn't had anything but whiskey in days. So I got him something to eat. Yeah, that, so that was fun. Got, I got him something to eat, tried to change him. I could not get him up by myself. I'm like, we need to call 911. Yeah. Because I'm like, I learned from two days prior. Okay, I can do it. <laughs> right. Oh, man. <laughs> it was a rough week. Call um, 911 comes. In that's a fun one spurts, it, I think. it does it does it's <laughs> almost like it's a full moon and, that, and that's the time where you got to call 911 yeah. and I mean I was on the phone with his daughter trying to convince him to go to the hospital and trying to talk to doing contact the aide like what's going on why haven't you been here and it it was so awful in a sense but that we got the ambulance there and he refused, refused. I'm like, listen, when you get back, we're going to work on this together. We're get, you're going to get the help that you need and it's, it's going to be okay. So thankfully he went into the hospital, but my God, what, what a scene to walk into. And I'm yeah. sure we all can come up with stories for days with, with yeah. this. Well, but, the you thing know. with, the thing with 911 too, like is if, if you're leaving someone in an unsafe situation, right. Or like the abnormal vitals or something where you they may need to go to the hospital and they're refusing, they can't technically refuse to you, right? You're still responsible for that patient if you leave right. them. They Absolutely. can refuse 911 when they're called because they have like an AMA form, right? right? We don't have that type of form that's saying they're refusing. Right. So like if you, if you would have left him and something happened to him, it could be re- like responsible for right. you the agency of you knew this right should have called 911 he could refuse he could have refused um, right 911 and that's his right they have the form you're now passing that responsibility on to the emergency services and it's now off of you 
So right. like when in doubt, I know it stinks and people get mad at you. They, they don't want do. to go to the hospital. They, they don't angry. want you to call 911. <laughs> they get very irritated. <laughs> they get very irritated. And <laughs> and then it kind of comes, you know, you use your clinical judgment of, right. you know, where is it? You know, I'm calling the doctor and the family and this right. and the other, but in that That's situation yeah like you're calling, yeah you just gotta couldn't, call. couldn't leave him there <laughs> i couldn't leave him like you can't even get up yeah. to get a drink of water how are you gonna stay home uh-uh. right but yeah, yeah, I had that's the one time I also called my mentor and he's like, no, you gotta call it. If he refuses, <laughs> that's on him, but you call it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, I have a comment and then a funny story, and then I guess my horror story <laughs> to finish awesome. with. Um, first, uh, also being like a new grad, um, right out of school, you know, I'm pretty young. So starting out, you're the supervisor for like PTAs that are most likely all older than you. So that was like kind of intimidating too, starting to be like a supervisor for PTAs. But um, it was great because like I said, I started out with a PTA that was like awesome. There was never like a hierarchy thing and she was amazing. I learned so much from her. So really being like starting out like close with your PTAs and like learning so much and like respecting them is so important. Also um, knowing like an advantage, like use like your knowledge and like other PTs knowledge, like to your advantage, like if you know, you're not the best person to see that patient, like, you know, there's other PTs, like, for instance, um, this person needed a lot of like manual, and I'm like, <laughs> I don't have any of those like certifications, I don't know, like too much. So we actually um, got him the person hooked up with like another PT, and they ended up treating them. So knowing like, your comfort level and your skills to um, starting out was like really big. Um, another comment I wanted to make sure I said on here was how many times like I get asked like how long have you been doing this you know I'm sure like everyone gets asked that but when you're a new grad it's like oh I could always feel my face go red I'm like (laughs) "Uh, well now I can almost say four years so it's a little better but starting out like the first year it was like oh six months you know and they're like oh "Oh, gosh you're you're touching my son like my husband you're treating them and I'm like oh my gosh (laughs) so that that was something happening like prove myself being young I'm like hey um because I I look pretty young too and I'm like hey I've had lots of schooling for this (laughs) I've earned this I am here um so that was my one comment about that Mm -hmm. yeah I didn't think about that that's tough I'm going to piggyback off of that real quick because, I mean, it's true, though. You, it happens a lot. And they are be like, so how long have you been doing it for? And mm-hmm. God forbid it's your first day. Yeah. It's <laughs> <laughs> the first day. You're my first But, <laughs> I mean, I have had that comment. And I would be like, you know, I mean, I've only been here at this company a couple months. But, you know, we go through a lot of schooling and a lot of training. And we do field works, which means we go in the field and people are watching. So trust me, I have enough experience to be working with you. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Just to make them feel comfortable because it is hard, honestly. And then every day it's like, I have another day under my belt. That's what my mom would always tell me. It's like, you got one more day (laughs) under your belt. You can add to it. Just wanted to piggyback off of that. Yeah. (laughs) No, you're good. And then the funny story I had, um, you were talking about calling doctors and like, being, oh "Oh my gosh, gosh, we have to call doctors. I actually have a really fun funny story during my orientation. So it was like the first day I was with the PT and she asked me to call the doctor for this patient that um, I was like observing and um, working with. 
And I could hear in the back of my head, my like professors in PT school saying like, you guys need to get used to calling doctors, get used to calling them during your clinicals and stuff. And I'm like, ah, it's all right. And so when I had to call that doctor, I left out so much information and I hung up and she's like, you didn't give them your phone number. You didn't like even say our agency. And I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> so I had to like call them back and leave another voicemail. I'm like, I had, I had given them like no information. It was so embarrassing. She's like, you need to call them back. You did not give them like enough information. <laughs> It's, it's very intimidating. Mm-hmm. Really. I had the same, even I had been a PT for four years, but I had never had to call a doctor, right? They were always in the facility. And I my preceptor, this guy's pain every time was nine. He's oh, wow. a nine out of 10 pain. And you know, if you're over whatever your parameters are, but it's usually if you're over seven, right? you're having to call the doctor and report that abnormal vital sign and mm-hmm. like, that's what he was saying no matter what trick you would throw at him like throwing the face scale or saying like oh you're a nine out of ten pain that means i need to call the doctor you need to be going to the hospital you sh- like you're really a nine out of ten pain and so she goes well you're gonna call the doctor and see if you can get the parameter changed right. like, what yeah <laughs> i'm gonna do what now exactly <laughs> okay you know call you the rest of like this guy is saying he's always a nine out of ten pain and uh do you want us to call you every time he says that or <laughs> right. change the parameter <laughs> and they end up being like yeah you can change it we don't want you to call us like, yeah they seriously right. don't <laughs> right they don't but and now i do that a lot for patients that are like that that you know, oh, I'm in 14 out of 10 pain. I'm like, oh my okay. gosh. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm not gonna as a, either start a care clinician where I can change the parameters. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna just put it in my orders and change that parameter so it's not gonna do an abnormal vital sign every time. Right. Because it's a pain in the butt. It is. It is. But... <laughs> Especially, I mean, it's hard because it's like, what are you gonna say? Like, it's and it's it's intimidating calling the doctor. It's just like. Who am I to call the doctor and tell him what's going on? Yeah. The weirdest, and I don't know if this has ever happened to y'all yet, but when we've had, a, I have a few doctors that the number is like their personal cell phone. Yeah. A call and the doctor's like, this is Dr. Smith. Oh my gosh. That's and I'm like, what? Uh, oh, uh, mm, hey, this, and I forget everything I was supposed to say because you're not expecting that actual doctor. Yes, to that's like, happened 100%. to me. Yeah. Really? I'm sitting there like apologizing and I'm like, I'm sorry. They're like, oh no, it's okay. I'm like, I'm sorry. Yeah. And now I love it's so nice when you get it's taken me a while after moving to get some of the doctor's numbers and their cell phones. And it's nice to have the ones where you can text. I'm like, oh hey, this is going on like with a lot of our orthos now that we've been getting. I've just got the like the liaison or the PA or somebody's number who works with them like hey this is going on with your knee person like sending them pictures and it's that's awesome it's really nice to get to that level um or like if you're talking or you're actually calling the doctors of saying hey like can I just have standing orders to do what I want (laughs) they're like yes use my name every time (laughs) yes good it's it's good to have a good relationship with your doctors (laughs) definitely yeah so, all right. You said, can, now you said you have a horror story? Yeah, I guess uh, just a scary <laughs> story. You know, a 911 call, I guess, is I, I consider oh. a horror story. It was pretty, uh, maybe my, I don't know if it was quite my second year 
could have been my second year in, um, there was a lady that we were seeing and I came to see her and she's someone that had really bad like orthostatic hypotension. She's on blood thinners. So she always leaves her apartment door open. I walked in and she has like blood footprints like all over the floor and her toenail like came off and it was like bleeding everywhere and she couldn't get it to stop. And I just remember like panicking (laughs) and I I called 911 because I'm like, I can't stop this. She's like on blood thinner. She has like low blood pressure, like always for me. So I, um, called 911 they came in and like put some like bandage that like immediately stops like the bleeding on okay that was the first scenario fast forward same lady like a couple weeks later when she was due for another reassessment she was in a hotel because her apartment was getting like renovated so they like moved her to a hotel room and so I went to this hotel and knocked on her door. And since it's a hotel, like I had to wait for her to come answer the door. So like I could hear her like get up and all of a sudden, like 10 steps later, I could hear a crash and a fall oh. and I can't get to her. I'm like, are you okay? And she's like, no, I'm on the floor. And I'm like, oh my gosh, not again, like another like situation. So I had to run to the front desk and right. um, of the hotel and they were on the phone. I had to like cut them off. And I was like, I need to get in this person's room. So the lady was like on the floor, of course, like the only section of tile in the whole hotel room, she <laughs> like fell on, hit her head. And she was laying in like a pool of blood under her head. And I just remember like holding her, like calling 911 and holding her hand the whole time. I was like, this was like the first moment, like I thought she was gonna like pass away on me. I was really worried. And so 911 came, took her on a stretcher and ended up seeing her again. She came out of the hospital, she got stitched up, she was fine. And I, I, we just kind of joke, like, I don't have to call 911 this time on you, do I? <laughs> and um, yeah, that was a repeat 911 caller. Right, but you did a great job, you, you and you comforted her, and I'm sure she appreciates that. And obviously, it still sticks with you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I would say my times of calling 911, they're very, like, evident like they've been like falls where someone's had like a clear broken arm they can't get up so i've had like easy calls for 911 there was like one time where someone didn't have like an emergent need but like the family were like oh we think he needs to go in hospice he's like really weak he's not eating and that as a new grad was my first experience and that's when i called i did call our director and she like walked me through it. I put her on speakerphone. She helped like talk to the family and just decided like home health wasn't appropriate right now. And they ended up like taking him back to the ER so he could get like reevaluated and then get on hospice. So that was one moment where like, I'm like, ah, he doesn't really need like 911 per se, but um, I don't think he needs home health. He needs something. So someone did walk me through that. Yeah. And that's good to, when in doubt, just call call the office call the supervisor and Mm -hmm. have them talk you through it or using their judgment as well and then it's on them too right yeah whatever decision you make and then document everything it's it's nice to get another opinion because sometimes I think we know what we should be doing but it's hard to do it right you know like I hate calling 911 I've had to Mm -hmm. my 911 experiences too are 
you know, they stick, the traumatic ones really stick Mm -hmm. with you. Like I had kind of this, one of the same experiences, I was in a assisted living facility and I was getting my patient, I knock on the door and no answer. And so I go down the hall, I'm like, hey, can you let me into her room? And they go, okay, they open the door and I walk in and I'm like, I can picture it like clear as day. I take a left, there's a living room and I go in and I just see blood smeared like all over the wall like down on the floor and I'm like where is she and I walk and I turn the corner and she's like on the floor blood is everywhere her walker's on top of her and I'm like holy crap I go right back out I'm like hey like person you're something in like come on back in call 911 her blood sugar was like 30 and then EMS comes and is giving her like glucose tablets like shoving in her mouth it's like (laughs) oh my goodness this is such a mess and then I went down, down the next floor, saw an eval, which was like crazy with an OT, like crazy. And then I went to my next person and she was like not feeling that well, but she wanted to get up to go to the bathroom and like did her vitals were fine. And we get up and we're walking from her bed to the bathroom and like probably three or four steps from the bathroom. She's like, does she's I don't know if she said she wasn't feeling well or not but she like could no longer walk and she started dragging her feet she's like stroking out on me oh like God. are you freaking kidding me and I was like we need to get to I was like we just need to get to the toilet like I need to get you to the toilet right. like four or five steps I'm like picking her up like pushing her on to get to the toilet sit her down get the same person who literally just called 911 <laughs> for me an hour ago I was like it's me again <laughs> We're calling like this person really either just had a TIA stroke and what a day. Are those always Mondays for you? I don't know why, but it's always (laughs) like a Monday for me. (laughs) Yeah. But at that time, like our email, like we were supposed to email um things that happened to the team. Like you could email the group or the team, and it was like called 911 on this person, like called 911 on this person, and people (laughs) were like what What's a day going on with you like you should just go home <laughs> exactly yeah, <I> know. <laughs> when it but, rains it pours <laughs> right but that's something that you know like you don't get that I don't you don't get that in other settings maybe I mean maybe in like the hospitals and stuff but it's more like oh I'm just gonna call the nurse and the doctor right. and a code there. Or whatever yeah. you're calling <laughs> and all these people come running right. versus you're out there by yourself mm-hmm. and I think that can be I think that's why home health wants a year of experience in some setting, preferably like acute or like inpatient for some of those reasoning right. skills. But it's like, it's, and you're not going to see that when you're training for two days. Right. <laughs> probably, exactly. probably not. Most but likely. To, yeah. But you never know. <laughs> and just to know as a new grad, I think, because you it's it can be done, right? Y'all did right. it. Exactly. It can be done. Mm-hmm. But going into either asking for a mentorship. I know like if someone got hired at my work as a new grad, it would be like, Hey, can you be a mentor to this person? Like, right. okay. You know, there's nothing formal out there. I know they're starting to try to do a mentorship program where you have a person that can be the main point of contact. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But I don't think many do. It's usually just talking to one of the people that are already 
more right. the clinicians being like, hey, can you help? It's this like an informal. Out? It's like it's an, an informal, informal mentor. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. And you're like, well, I'm working and I'm with patients and this, that, and the other. But I guess to know, hey, if you need something right away, like you did with your mentor, right. if I call you, pick up. Right. Yes. And it's only if it's like, it's an emergency. Right. Right. And so then, you know, like I say that with, like, if someone's watching my kids or whatever, I'm like, if it's an emergency, call me. Right. Right. Other than that, like, just text me. Because exactly. I'll get to when to I get to up. it. <laughs> yeah. I will know to pick up and say to my patient, you know, because we can always say, hey, just hold on a second. Right. I have to take this call. Um, right. And they're usually pretty understanding. Absolutely. But to kind of that can be done you know it can it can <laughs> with scary. the right I don't know how you do it I would have probably quit <laughs> <laughs> trust me I thought about it <laughs> but I think you've got to give it six months because I don't know how y'all like I even when I started and with the mentorship that I had of like four weeks with somebody and then being out on my own I didn't feel somewhat comfortable in that I knew what I was doing a little bit until probably six months in. Right. And even now, like I had somebody message, like DM me saying, you know, they're a new grad and they feel like they're the dumbest person in the room sometimes. I'm like, well, like if it makes you feel any better, I feel like that too. And I'm six years into home health. Right. And right. I, I will go to a patient's house and be like, I don't even know. I don't know. You know, like I, I'm just trying to figure it out and you're trying to learn. There's just so many different scenarios. That, it's like, one I of those, just, it's one of those things that, um, you, you know, no one knows at all. No one, right. you're always going to have moments where you don't feel like you know what's going on and you can talk to someone as a new grad, 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, there's always going to be a time that they feel that way too. So to know that it's normal and it's okay yeah. to feel that way and to just take it as a learning opportunity and learn as much as you can when you feel that way. Lean on your colleagues, lean on your friends or family if they're therapists, or like what we all do. Uh, I went on Instagram and I found other therapists that work in home health, and just to relate yes. to other people really does help. Yes, yeah, have it. That's why I started my Instagram. Right, like it's a place that we can kind of feel like you have some sort of support system out there absolutely um, yeah thank you and then for that. fake it till you make <laughs> yes. it is my motto in home yes. health just fake it till you make it 100 percent. yeah I did, my, I did my admission one of my admissions today and the referral you know was crap and I go and I'm talking to her and she's like oh I'm diagnosed with 3pd I'm like what <laughs> What's that? Like, and I'm sitting there, I'm like talking to her and I'm interviewing her and I'm on my tablet and I'm pulling up, you know, Google, like read <laughs> Like, oh, do okay. what you gotta do. You know, it's persistent postural positional dizziness or whatever. The three P's, but it's like, oh, okay. I'm like reading about, you know, symptoms and signs and what to do it's like, huh? it happens yeah you definitely it find happens. yourself doing that and I agree it takes time to get used to home health even having my like seven or eight week clinical there is so much that like scenarios I didn't even witness and I know mm -hmm. she never had to call 911 during that time so <laughs> um so there's so many like situations I know when I got hired I 
don't think there was any new, I don't know if there was ever any new grads with our company. At least I know that was my manager's first time ever inter interviewing a new grad. And she's like, wow. well, this isn't usually typical, but we saw you had a clinical. And so we just wanted to give you a try. Um, so I ended up like uh, working out for me. We actually have hired another new grad um, since I've gotten hired and I know he started feeling kind of burnt out and overwhelmed in the beginning. So I you know I had to reach out and I'm like, look, like there is light at the end of the tunnel. Like the mm -hmm. first, you know, few months are pretty rough getting used to everything, but like, I'm, it's like, it works out. It's fine. You'll right. be okay. Yes. Definitely. think it's six months to a year. My mom always told me, she's like, give it a year. If you hate it still, you can leave. Yeah. And so I, that's what I tell anyone who's new to home health, even just like give it a year. If you, st if you really don't like it that much, then you are free to go. <laughs> yeah. Not that you need my permission. Like, <laughs> are you unhappy in it? Right. Cause it's, it's right. That's true. Very true. It's its own beast. Right. Like I still mm -hmm. have days oh, where yeah. I'm like, F this, like, what am I doing? <laughs> and I'll like look on indeed, you know, can oh. I do something else? And then I'm like, none of these other jobs even come close to mm -hmm. like what are you doing you know that nothing else comes close to working in home health so right. absolutely exactly. it just makes me feel better but it yes. does I was gonna say sometimes you just need to see that and he's like oh never mind I don't want to do that now <laughs> <laughs> yeah I calm down a little and but post about it on Instagram day. and it's make bad. myself feel better <laughs> I have my little group chat with my old co-workers. We really bonded at my first job. And I'm like, we just come in, we complain. We are not at the same job at all. We're all at three different jobs. We all come together and complain, and it just helps to yes. come to someone who understands. And I would say as a new grad or anybody even starting out in home health, even if you're not a new grad, but finding that like one or two co-workers that you can kind of relate to mm -hmm. and feel like, you can text them or even just call and kind of vent about your right. day. And I kind of like when I start a new job, kind of feel out who is similar to me in my expressions and my, right. you know, venting and whatnot. And so like I have you know, the ST at my work and like we talk all the time and just, just about our days and in general and, she talks me off the ledge a lot. Right. You need <laughs> um, but sometimes. I'm like, you need to have somebody that you can talk to because it's very, it, it can be very mentally, emotionally draining. Mm -hmm. um, and very that's lonely. Too, yeah. Yes. Very lonely. Cause we're not all yeah. in like an outpatient clinic, you know, yeah. going like happy hour after going, like making plans with our coworkers. We're like right. all alone. So I do feel like a dis sometimes a disconnect with, um, there is, yeah, with yeah, like sure. workers, but <laughs> um, anything else that y'all want to add before? Um, I'd like to give some that... advice for some okay. of these people, new grads or yes. anyone who's a home health. It's okay not to know everything. It's okay to not to admit to not knowing. I told patients now and before. I don't know. I don't know the answer to that question, but I'll, I'll go yes. find that out for you mm -hmm. and I'll figure it out. But no, I don't know. It's okay not to know everything. L use every experience as a learning opportunity. Remember, you don't always, you don't know any, you don't know everything always. Right. Even if you're a therapist for 50 years, you don't know everything. Right. You're always learning. And download Life360 on your phone so that people can track you just in case. <laughs> <laughs> 
I told the patient today I didn't know. She asked me a question. I was like, I don't know. Yeah, and that's okay. And that's okay. Yeah, that's- it's okay. <laughs> It is okay not to know. I feel like sometimes we feel like we have to know everything and we have to have all the answers. And I feel like sometimes when you don't know, you make something up. And I feel like that's worse than just saying, I don't know. Agree. 100%. And lean on your coworkers, lean on your colleagues. And if not, lean on Instagram therapists as well. Yes. (laughs) Oh, yeah. You need somebody. You need somebody. Yeah. You can't do it alone. It's not that kind of job that you can tough out alone. No. Nope. All right. Well, thanks for joining me and kind of discussing the new grad, kind of the different feelings of new grad going into it and advice and some good stories. I mean, I could feel like I could talk forever with one story brings up another story, but <laughs> yes, always go on forever. But so thanks for tuning in, everybody, and then join me next week and for the next topic and you can always dm me with questions or if you just need to vent and then but if you do vent no i may post it for everybody because that (laughs) shit is hilarious it can be can be (laughs) yeah all right thanks y'all for tuning in thanks thanks for having us